0: Last time, in part one of our study, we looked at Ephesians four eleven, and 1 Corinthians 12. We learned that all followers of Jesus have spiritual gifts. The Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, determines what gifts we receive. Our gifts are used within the body of Christ. Today, in part two, we learn about the purpose of our gifts. So open your Bibles And turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, as we explore part two of equipping the saints. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be called your sons and daughters in the faith. You have adopted us through Jesus Christ. Your word clearly teaches that. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we became in Him. We have security. We are adopted. We are indwelled by your Holy Spirit. We have been brought near. All of these things we've already looked at are wondrous to consider. You have even given us spiritual gifts that we can use to glorify you within the body of Christ. We thank you for your grace and mercy. Now, Father, open our eyes and our ears to the truth of your word. Through your Holy Spirit, make us sensitive that we may absorb these truths and live out these truths for your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, 12, and 13, verse 11 says, And he himself gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is to build up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. In part one of Equipping the Saints, we took a look at these initial gifts that are mentioned in verse 11. We saw the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, and we recognized that not everyone in the body has these gifts. We also explored the idea that there are some within the body of Christ who believe that at least some of these gifts were temporary, that they were given prior to us receiving the Holy Scriptures, and so God would work through the apostles, prophets, maybe the evangelists, to reveal his truth before we all had access to the Bible. Not everyone believes that, but there are many who do. Today we will look at verses 12 and 13 and look at the purpose or the results of spiritual gifts. Now, as we acknowledged before when we were looking at part 1 in verse 11, this is not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. There are more spiritual gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and that's not an exhaustive list either. One thing I'd like to point out is my own personal conviction that each person has multiple gifts. And when I say multiple gifts, I liken it to a gift fingerprint. I think we have several spiritual gifts that work together in our lives that make us the gift to the church. And our gifting is completely unique. I don't believe everyone has exactly the same level of any particular gift. But when you combine the spiritual gifts with our personalities, our experiences, uh, the way we view the world, we become a very, very specialized individual within the body of Christ. And I'll say it again, no one can fill our place within the body of Christ. We are unique within the body of Christ. The church needs us. We need the church. We need one another. And so why do we have all of these gifts, all of these believers mixed together within the body of Christ? Well, verse 12, we are told to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The idea of equipping is to give us the tools, to give us the resources that we need to do what God calls us to do. So he equips the saints. And notice that it's the saints who are equipped. We're talking about gifts given to believers, to saints, to those made holy in Jesus Christ, set apart for the work of God. These are not just talents and abilities that everyone has. These are gifts given specifically for the purpose of working within the church, the body of Christ. And so it is the saints who are equipped, and they're equipped for work now work is a, a dirty four-letter word to a lot of folks. But I'll point out that God is seen in Genesis chapter 1 as working. He rested from all of his works on the Sabbath. God is at work in his world, in his creation. Jesus says, my father works until now, and I also work. Work is good. We're created to do good works in Christ Jesus. So we have been equipped with the resources, with the gifts by the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry. Ministry is work. A lot of people would like to define ministry as not being work, that it's always a pleasure and it's always a joy. Well, that's not the truth. Whenever you are serving, it's work. You have to humble yourself. You have to recognize the needs in other people. You may not always desire to do what is necessary in the lives of other people. You may be gifted to do something, but that doesn't mean you will always desire to utilize that gift where it is needed within the body of Christ. There are so many people who are called upon to serve and work within the church who don't simply because they don't want to. I don't feel it, they say. I I don't know that I need to do that. Well, if the work needs to be done and you have the resources and the gifts to do the work, go to work, serve, give, yield, submit. So these gifts are given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The result of that is, he says literally, the work of ministry? To build up the body of Christ. There are two chief aims that ought to be within the believer's heart. One is abstaining from sin and walking in righteousness. Too often, that's not our focus. We need to be conscious of the fact that we are called to walk apart from sin. But the second is this. We are called to participate in in the building up of the body of Christ. You are not too old. You are not too uneducated. You are not too poor. You're not too busy. Your primary purpose within the body is to serve and to work, to minister in order to build up the body of Christ. God desires the body to be built up. What does it mean to build up the body? There are those who think this means that the church just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That may be one of the results of building up the body, but we see in verse 13 the primary result, the way the body is built up and what that looks like. Reading verse 12 again, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ. Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We are to build up the body of Christ, and we are to continue doing the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. God desires us all to get to the same place together. He desires us all to get to the unity of the faith. He desires us all to get to the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. God wants you to walk in faith just like He wants me to. And He wants us to walk in faith together. And God wants you to know the Son of God fully. And He wants me to know the Son of God fully. And He wants us to have that knowledge together, united. This is a way of expressing God's desire in the church, that we all be one. Just like Jesus' prayer to the Father on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane in the Gospel of John. Over and over again, Jesus says, Father, you and I are one, and I desire that those that you have given to me be one as well. Well, the church is not united. We are fragmented into denominations, and we are fragmented into various Minor belief differences, sometimes major differences. And the reason why we're fragmented is because people don't want to cooperate and serve together. Preachers and teachers want to be the top dog. People want to have their place. They would rather be big fishes in small ponds than work together and everyone be small fishes in the larger pond of the church. This is a reality. There are those within the body of Christ who see other churches as competition. When a new church starts up in a community, people get all bent out of shape because this new church might just take some of our piece of the pie, when in fact we should all be striving to do the same thing, be united in the faith, be united in the knowledge of the Son of God. We should all desire every sinner to be touched with the gospel. And if our church can't do that alone, then our church needs to grow, or other congregations need to come along and assist. We're not in competition with one another. We're supposed to be in cooperation with one another. Now, we're not supposed to compromise the gospel for that. We're not to compromise the truths of God's word for that. But we are to submit, to yield, and to cooperate as a united body in Christ. You have gifts to bring to the body of Christ that I need. I need to walk with you. And I need to use my gifts in your life so that the body of Christ can be built up. This idea that pastors are the only ones who have gifts, and therefore pastors are the only ones who can do anything in the church, is ludicrous. We need to use our gifts. We need our place in the body. We need to be part of building up the body of Christ. We ourselves need to serve and be built up, and we need to serve in other people's lives and build them up. And we need to continue to do this until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, till we all reach the end of verse 13, until we all reach a mature person—not me mature and you mature—until we all together are a mature person, one Person within the body of Christ. That's how united we are to be. That's how one we are to be, to where we all look like an individual, a body, a body, individual members of that one body, until we all reach a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. When the church is looked at by the world, they should see Christ in the same way that when the world looked at Christ when he walked on this earth, they saw the Father. You want to know the Father? Look at Jesus. You want to know Jesus? Look at the church. That is what is supposed to happen. And it should be obvious to all of us that the church has fallen short. Why? Because people are not encouraged to get involved. There's a handful of elite professionals that are at the leadership of the church, at the helm of the church, and other people are left out on the sidelines to just be spectators. The church is not a spectator activity. We are all equipped to be participants in building up the body of Christ. Some of our gifts are more visual than others. Some of them are more wide-reaching. They touch more people at one time than others. But whether larger or smaller, regardless of the reach of the gift, they are all necessary within the body, and we must bring them. And we need to continually do this until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, until the entire body takes on the appearance, the stature, of a mature person, a person that attains to the measure of Christ's fullness. What an exciting and challenging truth. We should never get bored in the church because this work is intense and immense. And I pray that you will examine your life, search the scriptures, find your part within the body of Christ, maybe in coordination with your pastor, with your elders, and then serve so that the whole body can grow. Father in heaven, help us to understand, to see the vision that you have for the church. Jesus has said that he will build his church. We are a part of how he builds that church. Give us wisdom, insight, Help us not to be so short-sighted. Help us not to become so lazy or impatient. Help us as leaders to share the responsibilities with others. Help others to come alongside and grow spiritually mature so that they can utilize their gifts in an expert sort of way. But when it all comes down to it, Father, you have gifted ordinary people in extraordinary ways so that in a lost, sinful world, your church might shine. Help us, Father, to shine. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God And he will draw near to us.